morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing, beautiful people? Well, you know, I'm doing great today. So good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. Good morning. So tell us, tell us where you are tuning in from here. I'm based in Toronto and it's snowing. It's snowing outside. It's all white and cold, but still it's beautiful. And here inside we are, we stay warm. And today we want to share, uh, you know, quite a few things that we have been hearing people talking about uh, for a little while now, but what does it mean for us? What does it mean for, for our lifestyle, for the work and the life that we have known so far? What's happening? What the future of work will look like? That's a big question. Yeah, well, you know, the pandemic changed everything, right? Yeah, and so, and oh, and I see Travis. What's up, Travis? <laughs> Happy Saturday. Thank you for tuning in. And everyone say hi in the comment section. Let us know, you know, do you think about the future of work? Is that something that you are looking forward to? Is that something that you are concerned about uh, for you? Uh, for your kids, for your family, what's happening in the world right now. So tell us how you feel about the future of work. And so as we get started, I would like to share with you a couple of things that, you know, have been happening uh, for since actually the COVID-19 pandemic, right? Because the change was already happening. But the COVID-19 pandemic disrupted and accelerated this change, like where all of a sudden, a change that was taking place and that that would have taken maybe a couple of years happened within a couple of months right and so the labor markets uh, globally during 2020 were completely disturbed the short-term consequences sudden and often severe millions of people were like lost their jobs others rapidly adjusted to working from home as offices closed and we know the challenges you know that uh, a lot of you face with having your kids at home like having to work from home working maybe in a small apartment downtown and downtown and having to figure out how to uh, make a place for your new home office right remote work and virtual meetings are likely to continue albeit less intensely than at the pandemic's peak, right? I know some of you are going back to work and some of you are staying home. But here in Canada, you know, we were talking about going back to the work office uh, slowly but surely. And now the tendency is that they are either cancelling or postponing again the, the idea of, you know, people going back to work because of all the craziness that, has, that is happening with the new variant of uh, the COVID-19. So let's talk about the, the, the first consequences of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic on the world of work as we know it or as we used to know it, right? And a lot of people have lost jobs. And before going live, Robert, you were telling me that a big company in the U.S. has fired a lot of people recently. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people were talking about the better.com uh, fiasco where they fired 900 people on a Zoom call shortly before Christmas time. 
Um, and, and, you know, so a lot of this is happening more and more as companies are realizing that they need to do things differently. We understand it's a business decision. You have to be able to make money as a company. But sometimes it's not what you do. It's how you do it. It's not what you do sometimes. It's how you do it. Yeah. And at a time period where we have a lot of people who are suffering mentally, during the pandemic, we've seen record numbers of prescription drugs being given out to people for, an for anxiety and depression. Yeah. It is up to companies to ensure that their company that their employees are mentally sound when you come into the workplace. Uh, there are people who have things they have to deal with at work. They also have to deal with things at home. You can't expect if you expect someone to be able to answer emails at night after work or be on call on the weekend sometimes, then you also have to expect them to sometimes bring their personal things to work when they're working on things. You have people who are getting married, getting divorced, having children, moving. Some people are, you know, losing loved ones from the pandemic and you can't expect them to walk into your doors and leave that stuff outside. They bring some of that stuff with them. So I would say part of the future of work is making sure that your employees are taken care of, that their mental health is as sound as you can possibly help them to get it. I think companies owe that to employees. And I do believe companies won't have the choice because now for the first time in history, uh, the millennials and the Generation Z, actually, we are um, out, um, how we say in English, outpassing, uh, or we are bigger in number uh, than the baby boomers, right? A lot of uh, baby boomers are being retired now. And so the millennials and the Generation Z, the Gen Z, we are now uh, the most important active part. We do represent the most important active part of the population. And the thing with that is millennials and even more the Gen Z, they are not afraid to say no to their boss. They know how to set boundaries between the personal life and their work. They know how to prioritize their mental health and their well-being. And most importantly, they have the choice and the power to decide either they want to work for a company or not based on the culture of the company, based on the standards of the company, and based on the way the company or a company promotes, um, uh, how we say, equality, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So now we are in a dynamic where the power, the power to decide is on the other side of the spectrum, right? Being us, the millennials and the Gen Z. And so when we see the COVID-19 like happening and disrupting the, the technology, I do believe there is a couple of things that we can look at here. First of all is the emergence of AI. And we know that the more we go, the more AI will be present in the workplace. But on the other side, we have a growing force being us, the human capital that can uh, influence and have uh, a say uh, to make the change that we, want, we really want to see happen. And so I, I see I see a couple of comments here. A lot of people this morning. Charlene, as usual, good morning, Darren and Rob. Everyone, happy Saturday. We have our dear friend also. Uh, where are you, dear friend?
she is Iralma. Oh no, it's her again. Here you are, Iralma. From New York City. Oh, send some sunshine. Oh, thank you so much. We need it. We need it. We have people from London. We have people from India. What's happening? So here. Irama says the future of work is here. So many changes, opportunities, and challenges. Absolutely, 100%. Now, if you look at my friend Mandy Lyle and what she says, programming is so outdated. I feel an awakening coming. An awakening is definitely coming. And I think, too, when you look at millennials and, and, and the, even the next generation, we've come to realize that we are more than our position, we're more than our titles, and we're more than just yeah. the money we make. If you look at most human beings, we're made up of three different parts, right? There's the financial part of us, then there's the spiritual aspect of us, and then there's also the social aspect because we like being around other people. And most companies for years just focused on the financial aspect, what we yeah. can do to make them money. But when you start focusing on people holistically, we bring in more money when you allow us to be full humans at work. We're not robots at work. We have good things that happen. We have bad things that happen. You know, you should celebrate employees when they do something well, professionally and personally. Now, also, you should reprimand employees when things are bad, but it should be a caring kind of reprimand. But the one thing that you don't do is you don't terminate employees with a few days before Christmas. That's just crappy behavior. No, that's, just, no, that's disgusting, honestly. Yeah, it, it's just weird. Just because you're running a business doesn't mean that you have to be cold and callous. People require uh, uh, careful attention. People require uh, being treated humane in the workplace. And I think that's what we're going to start to see a shift towards in 2022 is work environments that are more caring than they used to be. Yeah, that's true. And so uh, here, Nicola says the future of work requires a major mindset reset but many are unwilling to accept changes needed. Either you are willing or not to accept it, at some point you won't have the option to choose actually. And you know, you see it either for individuals or for companies, the ones who resisted the change or who decided to uh, ignore the change are not longer around us, yeah, right? Yeah. So you have no other option to go with the flow. And actually, that's a great transition for the next point that we wanted to talk about this morning is the necessity to reskill, hey, to reskill and upskill either your employees, if you are an entrepreneur, a leader, a CEO, or yourself to think about how you can upskills or reskills yourself in order to be and become a relevant on the in the new uh, world of work because this is what's happening and let's let's take a simple example here of tools that are available that are free and that still many many too many people refuse to use and to leverage let's talk about social media the online space is saturated. We know it. We are like 7 billion people, okay? But the thing is, look at how many managers, how many employees, how many CEOs, you know, board members, for example, do leverage their online presence to make a bigger impact, 
to position themselves to attract new talent, to position themselves as people who care about others. Those are free tools that are available and that many of you refuse to use. And if you don't start now, it will be harder and harder actually to be able to leverage the social media tools that are currently avail available. Is that something that you noticed, Robert? Is that something that you realize like soon enough, okay, you know what? It's there, it's here, it's free. I have to upskill, you know, my, my uh, upgrade my knowledge and my skills in order to leverage social media, for example, and that's just one example, to, you know, make myself relevant yep. in the future of work. Yeah, absolutely. Social media in and of itself is a game changer. But, you know, and, and just speaking personally, I mean, I used Zoom uh, a little bit before the pandemic. Pandemic started. What did I have to do? I had to resort to using Zoom because nobody was hiring speakers and trainers to go in person. But then think about this now. Here I am sitting with you on a Saturday morning show where we have a good time every Saturday morning. But I also do three other shows that are also podcast as well. Mm -hmm. I never would have done that had I not been. Well, maybe I would have. I like technology. But, you know, I was kind of forced into it. And I was real glad that you found Nicola's comment because I was looking for it. I had seen it earlier. So Nicola's a friend of mine and she works in the auditing field with me. Right. Mm -hmm. But she does data analytics, which is something that we need to move towards. And she preaches, you need to start using data. You need to start using technology. It can save you money. It can help you work faster, better, smoother. So I think people who embrace technology will be the people who outlast the others. Yeah. Some people aren't going to be able to find jobs because they don't know how to use simple technology, yeah. free technology. So to your point, social media is extremely important. Think about this. You and I have never met in person, but you're True. my friend, you know. I just, and, and we have a show together. We would have never met had it not been for technology. True. True, actually. So you know, te yeah, technology is here for you to create opportunities that you would have never been able to create otherwise. And you know, we live in a world that, yes, is highly competitive, but we live in a world where you never had, it was never that easy to succeed. It was never that easy to create your own opportunities now. You don't have to keep knocking on doors. You don't have to wait for someone to finally lend you an opportunity when you have the power to create those opportunities for yourself. Rob and I, we have never met in person. And, you know, he's like, he's my friend. He's one of my closest friends, you know, and I look forward to this happening every Saturday morning. How cool is that? But maybe one day we will meet in person. Hopefully <laughs> we will make it happen. <laughs> but think about this now, when you talk about technology. So Travis is on here. Yeah. I've learned so much about live streaming from Travis. Yeah. And historically, what would have happened? I maybe would have had to meet him at a networking event in person. And so now Charlene is on here. Charlene and I actually have a course together that we've done where we're trying to help people build their own website in seven days. Charlene and I have never met in person. Charlene yeah. lives in Brooklyn, New York. I'm all the way down. Well, right now I'm actually in Dallas, Texas, but we've never met in person. But because of technology, we've been able to communicate. Gabe is here. 
Gabe, man, Gabe is just awesome because Gabe is bringing all of us live streamers together and he does a newsletter where he show, he tells us which shows are coming up every day of the week. Never met Gabe in person. Never would have been able to engage and interact with him had it not been for technology. And even Nicola, where I started this off, Nicola lives, I think, in right outside of London. She lives in the UK. Never met her in person. Talked to her on numerous occasions understand what she does, appreciate what she does, and really love and respect her for what she does in our field. If it wasn't for technology, social media, I would have never met any of these people. And actually talking about Travis, he's saying like, embrace technology to outlast the others. And if you want to get started with live streaming on LinkedIn, and you don't know how to do it, where to get started, you should definitely follow Travis because he is like the king of live stream, like literally. And he shares a lot of value on his uh, uh, profile. And there was a comment here that I wanted to sh a comment here that I wanted to uh, share with you, beautiful people. So one from um, Irama who says, Jen, uh, Gen Z or X will be working for millennials and Gen Z. Ah, oh, exactly. Gen X will be working for millennials and Gen Z. Hopefully, they won't force <laughs> us to go to more company events after work so we can rest from years of working unnecessary overtime for baby boomers. Yes, <laughs> that's a valid point, actually. Uh, and another one from Charlene who says, um, uh, the same bosses actually take advantage of the older employees who do not say no and then toss most of them out like yesterday's news. Yep. All while complaining that they don't have enough staff. They are not all equally respectful of boundaries. That's, that, that, that's very true. Let me look at other comments here. We have someone who is suggesting to, oh, uh, Leslie, to read the great resignation read that the great resignation will continue into 2022 and maybe worse employers must find ways to retain employee employers must find ways to retain employee to engage employee to let their employee know that they do care about them anyway you can you know have as much ai as you want but humans are at the center of everything that we do as employees as consumers also you have to think about okay like do i want to lay off or get rid of all my employees to replace it by ai because it's more efficient it's more cost effective maybe but all these employees they are consumers right and so you know it by now and there are like numerous studies where that shows that millennials and younger generation they would buy for a company they know like and trust because those companies treat well their people, because again, about the culture of a, a company, people will decide to buy from them or not. So you have to find the right balance, but you have to keep in mind that we, the people, we are at the heart of everything and people are at the heart of every single highly successful business. Absolutely. So let's talk about this artificial intelligence thing for just one moment, though, because a lot of people fear that AI is going to replace humans. Mm -hmm. And that's a big yes and no. It is going to replace standard routine tasks. However, 
it cannot replace sound decision making. Here's what AI does. AI gives you an answer to a situation or to a problem. Now, AI does not develop an action plan and implement the solution. AI simply helps you crunch data and gives you an answer to a problem. That's just one answer out of many. You still need humans who have the ability to think critically and then make a decision and then implement it and put it in action. So what we need to do is retool the way that we think and retool our skills back to what you said earlier, how you started off the second point. We need to retool and get better skill sets. There are a lot of people who do routine jobs over and over. You might be replaced. You might be. Learn to think critically and to bring value to an organization. Uh, that, so AI is not going to replace humans overall. It will replace some elements of what we do. But overall, you still need people to make decisions. And in terms of reskilling, you know, you are bringing a very good point, uh, Robert, is something that you have been doing for so many years and that can be replaceable by AI. It's not the end of all. You can learn either learn new skills or you can decide to leverage your experience and position yourself as a problem solver because those are the people that companies are looking for and will be looking for even more. What problems can you help them solve? And you know, the skills that you have acquired for so many years, they are transferable skills. Maybe you need you know, to know how to use them in a different context, in a different setup. But at the end of the day, all your experience is not in vain. And we live in an era anyway where a lot of people, I think it's three out of four people, they change careers and industry three to four times in their lifetime. So it's never too late to start something new. It's never too late to uh, start learning uh, something that you never thought was possible. Either you are baby boomers, you are like like a millennials, or you are even a younger generation. Like it's about being proactive. Do you think about what the next two years, three years, will look like for you in your industry or in the the, the direction that you want to follow? Now, Doreen. We have some very comical friends, right? So let me just say, Charlene, she said, yeah, unless you believe what these sci-fi films are telling us. And the Terminator says differently. <laughs> but but I don't know if you see Nicola's comment. I I'm loving this. She says, the more people refuse to learn to work alongside the robots, the more incentive for AI to be designed to work around the blockers. That is it. That is it, one hundred percent. But actually, you know, Nicola, your 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 comment is responding somehow to Roberto Roberto Brutus' comment, who says AI is awful and frustrating in customer service. I mean, robots calls AI should be improving in the next ten years. Of course, AI will be improving anyway, and they are doing like a, a better job in terms of customer service, for example. But as, as, as Nicola said, like, you have to be able to embrace the change that is happening because otherwise you will be just like out of the door. Yeah, but you know what? So let's go back to Roberto, Roberto's comment for just one minute though, because 
I understand what he's saying. And this is what I mean when I say AI can never replace a human. Think about those customer service lines. You call them. They ask you for your identification number, whether it's your loan number or account number. They ask you for your address. They ask you for all kinds of stuff. Then when the AI can't solve your problem, you finally get to a human and the human asks you for the same thing that the AI just took from you. And you're thinking, wait a minute, this should be seamless. You should get it from the AI so that when I pop up on your screen, you're already you already have my account information up. You know what my problem is and you can just get directly to solving my problem. AI will never be able to replace humans because it can't think critically and it can't look at areas of gray. It's just black or white. Yeah. So, yeah, companies do need to do better with it, uh, to, to Roberto's point, but I think companies are getting better at it. Yeah, and Charlene, is, like, comments goes in that direction in terms of customer service. Like, sometimes you just want to be able to talk to someone, right? And I do believe, like, company, like, realizes it since much now than, like, e-commerce is one of the affect, right, of the of the pandemic and the future of work, like, e-commerce is booming right so if you like have a, a storefront and you were not considering like going online like the time is now e-commerce is booming and we are used now to like purchase almost every single thing for ourselves for the family for the house online right but then when it comes to customer service again like I, I don't know how to think about it, actually. That's interesting because everything that we do now does not require human interaction, right, in terms of a consumer perspective. But at some point when we have questions, what will make us buy from a company versus another is the quality of their customer service. You know, how quickly we were able to get someone on the phone, how quickly we were able to get an answer to our questions. So it's really a matter, I do believe, like everything else in life, finding the right balance between like business efficiency, work efficiency, and being able to provide high value and high customer service to uh, people. Yeah, yeah. So, so now we're, think, we're saying today that for 2022, we're thinking that companies need to be more empathetic. So that's one big thing. And also companies need to, companies and people need to embrace technology. So those are two big things we see happening in 2022 in the workplace. Yeah. But let me remind you something. Business do business with people they know like and trust. People do business with people they know like and trust. So even if all the, you know, the SOPs and everything is AI or, or, or automated, at the end of the day, opportunities are created by people, right? The next business, your next success, your next opportunities maybe will be created by someone who is either willing to partner up with you on a project, who is willing to open a door for you, who is willing to introduce you to someone else. So do not forget that, yes, business-wise, uh, corporate-wise, there is a lot of automation and AI, but at the end of the day, the bottom line is humans. We do create opportunities for one another. So do not forget, it's not because we live in a virtual world that 
we don't need to communicate and not, we don't we, we can't forget about networking that we can forget about relationship building and all of this because this is what will set you apart your skills and the people you surround yourself with it was true before it's even more true now and this is what's happening and will really help you stand out from the crowd in 2022 absolutely 100 agree and let's let's look at a few more comments before we wrap up uh, irama says critical thinking and people's skills are more important than ever people shouldn't wait on employer or industry to upskill them and should commit to learning new skills and that's what we are here for robert offers a couple of programs for you to learn how to ask better questions how to communicate better how to audit your life and see what's working what's not working or what area of improvement you can focus on i do offer also online programs right for you to leverage your experience build your personal brand position yourself as a leader in your industry network effectively so basically you develop an ecosystem where you can become the leader you were meant to be and you can experience the growth for you and your company that you like were meant to achieve so there are a lot of people out there that offers programs and opportunities for you to learn new skills or you know to up level your skills in order to stay relevant and to make the best out of the change that is happening it doesn't have to be the change against yourself you can embrace the change that is happening by putting yourself in the right position and doing what you have to do which is basically investing in yourself and not waiting for someone to do it for yourself absolutely 100 percent. you know what while we're here let me just tell you about an article i read in forbes that talked about the most desired skills for 2020. Now we're, we're approaching 2022. So if we didn't fix these things in 2020 or 2021, we still have time. So article for Forbes, let's just give you a rundown of top 10. Data literacy, critical thinking, tech savviness. <laughs> Can we include social media and tech savviness? I would, absolutely, 100%. Adaptability and flexibility creativity, emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. cultural intelligence and diversity, leadership skills, judgment and complex decision-making, and number 10, collaboration. So think about that. That entire list of skills transcends almost any industry, almost any service line. This is the base level of skills that employers will be looking for. And if you notice, a majority of them are soft skills that you don't necessarily need to go to college to get. You can find good training online. You could you could have just small courses that you indulge in a few times a month. You can listen to podcasts. You can read. Self-improvement is probably one of the best skills that you can have going forward because you can you can teach a smart person almost anything, but it's hard to teach a dumb person very true very true you have to have this willingness to improve yourself and you know investing in yourself is the investment with the the, the higher return with the higher roi right return on investment you are the the, 
the most valuable person, the most valuable thing that you can invest in, you know, as a person, up-level your skills. Up-level your skills. This is how you're going to survive now and in the future. And just to, before we wrap up, just to mention something that you said is very important. One of the uh, the, the skills that we're, you know, uh, important in 2020 was like leadership, emotional intelligence, you know, flexibility, adaptability. And when you look at what happened during the COVID-19 pandemic, the, the companies who literally failed were the ones where we talked about leadership crisis, lack of emotional intelligence, lack of consideration for the employees. So the people, the leaders who did, didn't develop those skills back in 2020 failed miserably in 2020, 2010, 21, and now heading to 2022. So up-level your soft skills. This is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Are we all good? All good. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wow. So we we have seen a lot of comments. Uh, we will read and answer all of them. You're watching the replay, same. Leave your comment thought below. Thank you, everyone, for joining us every Saturday morning uh, for this uh, great live conversation with my dear friend, Robert Berry. Good morning, LinkedIn. We hope you have a wonderful day. Enjoy the weekend. And we will see you next week. Same time, same day. See ya. Bye-bye, everyone.